Well, I want you to open your Bible. I know your pastor tells you to click to a page. Well, I still read a Bible. And uh, I still use a book. I do have the iPad. But generally the battery fails on me. So let's keep to Mark chapter 4. Hopefully, uh, Mark chapter 4 and verse 13 to 20. Interesting, I've just got, uh, I normally use a 2011 New International Version, which I like and believe in, but I've just been given um, a very interesting one. It's the Christian Standard Bible, and um, It's just got a little contemporary touch to it, so if you feel it's a little different to one or two of your translations, that's the reason. Mark chapter 4 verse 13. Then he said to them, don't you understand this parable? How will you understand all of the parables? The sower sows the word. Some are like the words sown on a path. And when they hear it, I want you to notice that they actually hear it. Immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word sown into them. Others are like seed sown on rocky ground. And when they hear the word... Immediately they receive it with joy, but they have no root, they are short-lived, and when distress or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like seeds sown among thorns, and these are the ones who hear the word, but... The worries of this age, or this world, or this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things, enter in and chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those like seeds sown on the good ground hear the word. Notice the difference. Welcome it. And it produces fruit. Thirtyfold in some cases. Sixtyfold in some cases. And a hundredfold in other cases. Just to help you turn across to Luke, keep your finger in the Mark passage, I'm going to speak from there, but just turn across to, to Luke, in chapter 6 and verse 43, a good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. 
For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bamboo bushes. A good person produces good out of the good stored in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For from his mouth, from his heart, his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. Very simple passage of scripture. A gardening passage of scripture, a typical Middle Eastern rural plot kind of passage of scripture. Somebody is sowing seed, doing some gardening, and obviously dealing with the obvious results or the lack of results. What is very interesting in this passage is in each case, the sower is exactly the same. There's no change. I'm the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Can you say amen to that? I'm the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So let's get that straight. God has not changed. God hasn't moved. God is the same. The second thing that's very interesting about this passage is the seed does not change. Thy word, my word, is truth. Preach the word in season, out of season. You see, we can't adjust the word to preach to one person one day and then have another word another day and then we just adjust to people. The word of God remains the same forever. I want you to notice the variable is the person that is, or the soil into which the seed is sown by the sower. We're looking at this variable here today, which is very interesting and which we want to engage with today. And I want to give the word to you from John chapter 15 and verse 5, where the Lord says, I'm the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me. Now, I don't want to give you a Greek lesson this morning, but it's a very simple present continuous tense. Meno, he who continually remains in me. I want you to notice that because it is very important. And I remain in you, which tells me there is a familiarity which is developed between me and the Lord. He says over here, produces much fruit and without me, you can do nothing. Now I want you to say to me this morning, just repeat me, without the Lord, I can do nothing. Now I want you to get that straight, but with the Lord, it is unbelievable what you may be able to accomplish. And the very interesting thing about seed and kingdom fruit is that sometimes it's not all dependent on you. Because fruit grows on a healthy plant. 
And I think a very nice thing to remember, and the thing that I constantly remember, is so much of what has been produced in and through my life and ministry has actually had very little to do with me. It is actually what the Lord chooses to do. It is the fruit that God chooses to take His Word and produce much fruit in the lives of other people. And I've thought just recently, having moved out of the principalship of the college and moving into a much broader kind of looser ministry and church-based ministry and so on, if I think back on all the students that I've trained and all that type of thing, the fruit that is being produced has got very little to do with me. But it's got everything to do with what the Lord has chosen to do in terms of producing fruit. It's very interesting how the Lord chooses to use parables. I think we all like a story. And in fact, the scripture says that Jesus chose to teach. And without a parable, he chose not to teach at all. In fact, it says, Jesus said to them, don't you understand the story? How then will you understand any parable? Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. It's very interesting that when we come to this passage of Scripture, Jesus chooses to fulfill what was taught about him in the Old Testament, that without parables he wouldn't teach. In fact, the one passage of Scripture says, Jesus only taught in parables. He only taught using stories. Now, There's a very interesting thing about this story in that as I've shared it with you and highlighted a few parts of the story, I think you've noticed already something very important about this story. You are either in the story or out the story. Did you see that? You are either seeing yourself in this story, and in fact the disciples themselves were trying to make all kinds of complicated excuses to not be in the story. But I want to lead you into the story this morning so that you and I can actually see your part in the story. And at the end of the day, that is the desire of God for you and me, that we produce kingdom fruit. And it is the desire of this church that it produces kingdom fruit. Now I want you to notice, I haven't said God wants you to be more busy. It might make you busy. God hasn't said in this word, I want to take you and only the very best and the cream of the crop are going to produce fruit. That's not what it's saying. It's saying, I want fruit to grow out of your life. And I want to share with you this morning the dynamics of how kingdom fruit is produced. Well, let's click on to the first slide. And when I looked at this passage of Scripture, I realized, in fact, there are certain negatives that have to be dealt with along the way. And the first thing I want to share with you this morning is that fruit won't come from hard, impenetrable hearts. And you say, oops, you're getting personal already. Sure. 
fruit is not going to come from a hard, impenetrable heart. Jesus says it very simply. And he says in Mark 4 and verse 15, some people, now I don't know how many, but I gather there would be some who this morning, the issue is a heart issue. And perhaps that's exactly where you need to go. And you're going to start tweaking the issue of your heart. And he says, some people like seed along the path where the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown into it. I want you to notice that they hear it. And one of the things the sound system is perfecting this morning is that you're all hearing exactly what I'm saying. So you've got no excuse. You can't say, I didn't hear. Everybody hears it. Are we all on the same page? Everybody hears it. And yet it goes on to say, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown into them. But as you get into your quiet space and as you leave your quiet space, as you leave your home cell, as you leave the church this morning, as you walk out of the door, already you're saying, I am dismissing that word. Now, I'm sure you've been here some time and you say, and I, I, I want to be, I want to sympathize with you sometimes some people are not ready for a certain word. I have a lot of pastors who complain and they say, you know, my, Pastor Martin, uh, I preached my heart out, man, and I, I gave this word and, and I could see just some people switching off. And this is my word to them. Wait for them. Wait for them. Not everybody is ready at the same time. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that pastors make is to assume that everybody in every congregation is on the same page at the same time. I want to tell you, pastor, no. Because we're all at different stages. But I want to give you the opportunity to notch up one this morning. And that is to deal with a possible impenetrable heart. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7 says, Today when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion during the time of the testing in the wilderness. So your heart this morning, for some of you, is the issue that needs attention. It needs adjustment. It needs softening. It needs opening. And one of the ways that God has made you is that you have power over your heart. You say, well, you don't know what I've been through. I know what you've been through. You've been through what a lot of other people have been through. And they've come through. And God would not make you and put you in a place, in a position that you had no power over. You do have power over your heart. So, for some of you, while I'm speaking, you need to deal with a hardened 
heart. Second slide. Fruit is not going to come out of a shallow, uninterested heart. And all of a sudden you're all looking at me and those of you who thought you could look elsewhere, you're saying, ah, preacher, uh, I can see you looking at me. Well, I'm looking at you now and I want to make sure that you're interested. So look at me right now to make sure this is not you because fruit will not come from a shallow, uninterested heart. And I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you're interested in something, you put your heart into it. And it's very interesting how this passage of Scripture says in verse 16, others, you notice some, now some of you are off the hook, you're dealing with your heart, you're dealing with microsurgery, and the rest of you thought you're off the hook. No, 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 we've come right to you because we've come to people who are shallow about the issues of their faith. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word. Want you to notice? We've both heard the word. But look at the difference. Once you receive it with joy, and you say hallelujah in church, the pastor preaches hallelujah, you receive it with joy. And then look what the scripture says. But since they have no root, it lasts only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. I can tell you, every pastor knows this. People come to you and they say, oh, pastor, I've had this amazing revelation. It doesn't take long. You say, what happened to the revelation? Oh, did we talk about a, did we talk about a revelation? Pastor, I found this incredible verse of scripture. It has spoken to me and you discuss it and say, ah, how I'm going to implement it. And all of a sudden you say, what happened to that verse of scripture? Which verse of scripture? And let me say this, we've all been there. Every single one of us at one time or another. In fact, much of Israel's farming is just like that. I'm told that there is often only one to two inches of soil between the rock and the limestone of much of the farming in Israel. And as a result, Israel has developed probably the simplest and yet most sophisticated drip irrigation. In fact, I remember talk just coming back from KZN. I remember speaking to a farmer there one day, uh, one of the banana farmers, and he had some bad soil down in the Port Edward area. And he heard about Israel and he went to Israel and discovered all you have to do is take a plastic pipe and make little pinpricks into it, put a little bit of pressure on, and every few minutes, one drop of moisture drops onto a banana plant. His banana crop multiplied overnight. It is amazing what can happen sometimes with a small solution to what is happening 
in your shallow life. The third thing I want to deal with, and that is fruit is not going to come out of a cluttered, preoccupied heart. Now I want you to look at this passage of scripture and notice that all of a sudden verses 18 and 19 deals with the most detail of the hearts that we have dealt with so far. And I want to suggest to you that this passage or this heart is probably the most indicative and representative of city living. It's most indicative of people who are trying to make their way in a rat race and trying to make their way and make ends meet. I want you to read with me and read verse 18. Still others. See, some of you thought you were off the hook. While some of you are dealing with microsurgery of the heart, you're able to twist and change the heart. Some of you are dealing with that shallow heart. I want to now move to those who are dealing with the preoccupied hearts. Maybe as you're sitting in church this morning already, your mind is going all over the place. You're thinking what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Your heart is so preoccupied that somehow fruit cannot be produced. And look at verse 19. It says, it says, still others like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. Notice the sower is exactly the same. The seed is exactly the same. But the soils are different. Verse 19 says, the worries of this life... The deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke, say choke, choke the word, making it what? Unfruitful. Isn't this amazing that the word is made unfruitful by me? Let's have a look at them one by one. The worries of this life. I know you're looking at me and saying, Pastor Martin, you never worried about this life? You're looking at him. But I found an antidote for the worries of this life. In the book of Philippians chapter 4, it says, Be anxious for, be anxious for, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests unto God and the God of peace or the peace of God, however you read it, will garrison. It's a military word. It will garrison your heart. I wonder if you need the military of God this morning to move in around your heart. So many people struggle with worry. Number two, very interesting how it says the deceitfulness of wealth. Do you know how wealth can deceive you? Have you ever thought 
Uh, how many of you would just like to be rich? But you, no, no, never mind. <laughs> you know, some of you want to be rich because you think you'll never worry again. I want to tell you something. The rich worry more than you. <laughs> Do you know what wealth does? Paul writes to, to, to Timothy and he says, tell those who, who are rich not to be confident in themselves. Do you know that riches can take away your reliance on God? And you can become self-secure. Andy Stanley has a phrase, it's all in the box. You know what he means? You can't take it with you. Now some of you are worried. (laughs) Ah, we could do a whole message on the deceitfulness of wealth. I want to tell you rich people, and there are probably a number of rich people here, Do you know that God gives you the ability to be rich? You didn't do it. In fact, Paul writes, Timothy says, tell the rich people they didn't do it. I did it through them. The deceitfulness of wealth. And then number three. Here comes the shopping mall. The desire (laughs) for other things. (laughs) Who's ever been to a shopping mall and not said, I'd like that? Who's not been into a shopping mall and walked into a store and turned turned over the little label and you say, "Eh, can't afford it, but I'd like it. You know, there's nothing wrong in wanting things, but there's something to have a preoccupation so that your bitterness so increases that you cannot bear fruit because of your desire just for other things. Amen. Now you might say to me, Pastor Martin, man, you're getting at me this morning. I am so glad to leave the best to last. And I want to go on to the positive. At last, thank goodness, fruit will come. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? Fruit will come from a responsive, willing, committed heart. But you have to have worked on the soil. You can work on the soil. You've worked on the soil this morning in the course of the service. And so I've got some very, very good news for you. And the scripture goes on to say, fruit will come from a responsive, willing and committed heart. And there are two things I want to share with you. First of all, Jesus describes it in verse 8. And he says, still others. You know, when I look around this church, I believe that that's the majority of you in this church. Still others. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. 
Why would a person with a cluttered heart, why would a person with a shallow heart, why would a person with an impenetrable heart want to be here this morning? I mean, I could think of 101 other places to be that if I had that kind of heart, unless God is choosing to work through those processes and has now brought you to a place where your heart is open, responsive, and you are willing to bear much fruit. And Jesus describes it. He says, still others, seed fell on good soil and it came up, it grew, it produced a crop. Now, there's something about a crop in the kingdom. It doesn't use addition. It uses multiplication. Have a look at it. Multiplying 30. Let me just share something with you. You know, God is not a stereotype. He doesn't put on you what he puts on others. And he says to some of you, I want to multiply your seed 30 times. Isn't that amazing? 30 times. To another one, he says, I want to multiply it 60 times. To another, he says, I want to multiply it 100 times. I want to say this about the seed of the kingdom. You cannot control where it goes. And you bear fruit, you bear fruit, you sow into the life of one young person. Those of you who stood here this morning involved with, with, um, with school and aftercare school and whatever education, you sow into the life of one, school, one scholar, you produce one headmaster. Can you see the line? Can you see where I'm going? You produce, I mean, I sat the other day at a mug and bean and a a student from way back 1999 and he made a call, the kind of call I like to hear. He says, Pastor Martin, you remember me? And I eventually remembered him and a kind of guy who doesn't make a big impression on you is just a very ordinary guy like a lot of us. And uh, I remember one thing led to another. In fact, he went into business for a while, went into a bit of ministry. Then amazingly, in an accident, listen to those words, what I'm calling an accident of history, he suddenly gets appointed to be the chief financial officer of one of the big chains in this country, which I cannot advertise for. And he sits, he comes up, especially from Cape Town, and he says, I, I, I want to I turn my life into ministry. I ain't a preacher. I ain't a great leader, but I know what I'm doing. God has made me successful. I want to produce fruit in making opportunities for students like you made for me way back in 1999. And I don't want to even tell you the figures he is talking about as he is taking his financial position and investing it secretly into the kingdom. Isn't that a yay? I stand amazed. 
I cannot calculate this morning what a, a guy in finance sitting in a little gray office in Cape Town is doing with who he is. Did you hear that? Who he is. And he's saying, this is what I can do. If every one of you would allow what you can do. And don't just look around and say, I can't preach. I can't do this. I can't. What can you do? Let it multiply. 30 fold. 60 fold. Hundredfold. Jesus describes it. Number two, Jesus defines it. He says in verse 20, Others like seeds sown on good soil. Look at, here it is. They hear the word. They accept the word. And they produce a crop 30, 60, 100 fold. Hear it? Do you know something? Faith comes by hearing. Expose yourself to the Word of God and you say, I don't have faith. Expose yourself to the Word of God and God will give you faith. Even if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, the smallest, God doesn't excuse them. He says, you will speak to mountains. We hear the word, we accept the word, and we produce a crop. I want to leave a verse with you. One of the things I've discovered, I'm now in a very multinational, multicultural church environment. People with many, many clutters and problems. And so what I very often do is I say to them, listen, maybe you haven't even heard the message this morning. Maybe life has been so difficult. I want to leave you with a verse. I want to leave this verse with you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now I know some preachers, they use this for the offering. (laughs) And I'm sorry to tell Pastor Stephen, it doesn't actually have much to do with the offering. And some of you business guys are saying hallelujah. But I've got bad news for you. It also does have something to do with the offering. But it's a dealing with the issue of priority. Seek first the kingdom of God. It starts with seed and fruit. And his righteousness. Now, I become a businessman. I become a school teacher. I become a student. My priority is to seek first his kingdom. 
That is to seek the king. To seek what the king is doing. To seek to be right with God and to seek what God sees to be right. Now I think in the world we live in today, you've got to say, that's counterculture. You're spot on. Now you're in the story. It is counterculture. But it's not counterculture with God. It is actually God's culture. I want to share something else with you. It says all these things. I want you to go in your own time and have a look at what it means by all. Have any of you guessed what this passage is talking about? Not very different to what this parable is talking about. What am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? Where am I going to live? Now you might say, Pastor Martin, come on now. You want to, why don't we talk about those things? You know what Jesus said? Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And these things, do you know what it says in the scripture? I'm sorry to say this to some of you and I'm sorry to say it to myself. These things which the pagans hunger for. (laughs) Do you know the whole world is driven on greed? Probably haven't picked it up. These things which the market is desiring. A youth pastor I work with in our church and he showed us a graph the other day on what happens at Christmas. Do you know that Christmas is the biggest marketing ploy (laughs) and it goes up, the market goes up every year in December and you think it's all about Jesus. (laughs) All these things will be added to you. Now folks, the place I'm going to finish this morning and those of you who are still tuned in I want to ask you the, what is the obvious question? This is not it doesn't take a genius it doesn't take a theologian This is the question. Do you honestly want to bear fruit? Does it resonate with you today? Now some of you are just saying, I'm not ready. It's okay. I say to pastors, you've got hurt people in your church, give them two years. You're not ready. Just, just wait. Come. But I want to I ask you, are you ready to bear fruit this year? And folk, I don't know if it's going to be 30-fold, I don't know if it's going to be 60-fold, but I don't know if it's going to be 100-fold, but I want to tell you something. When you bear fruit, you lose control and the kingdom multiplies through you. (laughs) Isn't that what you're looking for? Eyes closed.
heads bowed, quiet before God. It's a holy moment, it's your heart. It's God's kingdom. I just want you as a sign to yourself to help you with overcoming that Satan snatch or I'm preoccupied, I'm worried. Sometimes it's good to make decision, the power of decision. And so to help your decision, I'm gonna invite you saying, Pastor Martin, it's yes. I am going to bear fruit. I'll leave the results with God. I'll leave the planning with God. I'll leave the method with God. But I want to bear fruit. I'm going to ask you just to stand right now where you are so we can pray one with each other and saying, I want to bear fruit. I want to bear fruit. Kingdom fruit. Kingdom fruit. Reach to the person next to you. Just put your hand on their shoulder. If there's somebody, if there isn't, just move across to somebody. God and Father, this is your church. It's your kingdom. It is your Holy Spirit and it is your word. And now it's your people. There is no saying. There is no saying. What could happen if we are multiplied 30 times, 60 times? Yes, blow our minds 100 times. Blow our minds. Take us from our stuffy accountant's offices and let us see the kingdom. Take us from just dealing with patience and let us see people. Take us, Lord, from just doing education to seeing potential in the lives of people. Take us, Lord, from just doing training to seeing leaders, leading communities, and leading places of worship, schools, companies. Father, let your kingdom come. That's what you told us to pray. Just let your kingdom come. Without me, you can do absolutely nothing. But with me, there is no saying what you can do. Father, I believe we are on the precipice of miracle here today. Mighty miracle. Father, we launch off the edge into kingdom, into fruit, into the power of your spirit. Soaring with the wings of eagles. And all God's people said, Amen.